0: Hello and welcome back to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, your one-stop nostalgic Friday night of the movies. You may remember from last week, we said we would be looking at movies of the 50s, 60s and 70s. But here's something current that your kids and possibly even your grandkids are currently giving you an earful of. Yes, that is from The Lego Movie. That song will now be in your mind for days and there is absolutely no need to thank us for that. From the Lego movie, everything is awesome. As I said, your kids, your grandkids might be actually grabbing you. But if you walk back and you sing this to them, trust me, you will be their hero. (laughs) My name is Tosin. As I said last week, I'm an unashamed film buff. And with me in the studio once again are Sean. Say hi, Sean. Hello there. And Joe. Say hi, Joe.
1: Hello. How you doing?
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, enough of that modern, newfangled, noisy stuff. And let's get to the meat of why we are here today. Movies from yesteryear. When going to the cinema was a big night out. When stars graced the screen and offered you a glimpse of worlds you could only dream of. Each week we shall pick a we shall pick, haha. each week we shall pick a movie from a decade preceding the eighties to illustrate that they really don't make them like they used to, and we shall discuss it. Sean, can you tell the people what movie we shall be discussing this week?
2: Um, today, uh, the Adventures of Robin Hood um, and the Italian Job.
0: Okay, no, no, just oh, The Adventures of Robin Hood. Just The Adventures of Robin Hood. Okay. Yeah, we'll just, st- we just k- stick with stick that with one. that. All okay. right, cool. Thank you. And so from <laughs> The Adventures of Robin Hood, here is a song that was made pretty popular by the when the film came out, which is uh, Robin and Mariam's love theme. Oh, that is so cool. Sounds a bit like a wedding in here. <laughs> so, so Sean, tell us, why, um, why did you pick Adventures of Robin Hood this week?
2: Um, well, the Adventures of Robin Hood, um, it was a year before we were talking about The Wizard of Oz last week. And um, this film had such an impact um, for action, colour, spectacle, some fabulous characters, um, and just really, really... A great adventure, a great adventure to watch, and the color, um, unbelievable. It was, uh, I think 38 was a good year for films, I think that was a year of Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. So, this well, color good was stuff, yeah. <laughs> so, this color was a new process, and and it just must have wowed audiences to see this color.
1: I mean, it's, it's more colorful than the color films today, isn't it? It's a different type oh, of, a different type of it's yeah, vibrant and it's, it's bold, and you almost when. You know, after the your opening credits, those uh, fantastic um, beginning. You, you just get you hit by this colour. This colour,
2: yeah, it's just beautiful, glorious Technicolor.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, this is this is one of the films that I haven't actually seen it myself, but it has it pretty much has defined the way people see Robin Hood for like ever since, hasn't it?
2: Sure, yeah. um There's been I think Robin Hood must there's there's numerous movies oh, that have been countless. made about Robin Hood, TV programs. Um, but I think this, for me, and probably for for a lot of our listeners, was the you know archetypal. Well, it's the Robin one that
1: Hood. it's because it was done so well because it's such a clear um, uh, s- sort of telling of the story. It's the one that other versions have either tried to to beat or tried to get as far away from because it is so uh, <laughs> standard. It, <you> know, it's, <laughs> as, it's as you think of Robin Hood, that's what you think of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think even when you look at the picture, the the image of him like Robin Hood, and you think, I think this was the one that gave him his hat. For sure, with the little feather. Yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. with the little feather, well,
1: that's, Nice and green. Uh, you know, that's still around now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean
0: uh, even in comic books you have things like, you know, you have comic book characters like the Green Arrow, who is obviously modelled or modeled, on, modeled Robin on, Hood. on Robin Hood. For <laughs> He's,
2: sure. Um, and there's the other characters as well. Um, uh Friar Tuck, you know, always very rotund and um you have, you know, Will Scarlet and or dressed in red, similar to Robin but dressed in red. Mm-hmm. And uh the, you know, so the characters have become—they've become, They've uh, become, defined, yeah, by become this film. defined by this film. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of uh, uh, and also one of one of the funny things I found out about this film was: do, do you know who was originally picked to cast to be cast as Robin
2: Hood in this film? Um, i uh, I could probably have a guess, but I'm um, um, okay, I wouldn't go. Know. Go ahead, have a guess. Okay, a guess. Probably probably wider the mark here. I don't know. Maybe Clark Gable, maybe. Keep, no. get, keep, uh, keep
0: guessing. Things, I, yeah. Unless you know this, okay. you, will,
2: you will know because this, that
0: when I found this out, it messed my mind up big mm, time. Really? Yeah.
2: Um, okay. Uh, was it one of the characters that, that was actually in the film itself? The no, no, the no, 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 no. There was
0: somebody who they approached first of all, and they said, they said, oh, we want you to star in this film. And when he turned the role down... Douglas Fairbanks? Nope. Chaplin? Nope. <laughs> nope. It, it sent them back three years. They couldn't make the film for three years after that because this guy said no until they found Errol Flynn
2: oh wow um <laughs> i really don't know oh, i'm desperate i'll
0: give you a clue made it more top of the world oh
1: james cagney Goodness, james cagney Goodness. whoa they, that would be a different robin hood wouldn't <laughs> it? i know i know oh, i know that's, I, I,
0: that's I read crazy. this i read this on, because it's on the wikipedia page of the adventures of robin hood so obviously it's true <laughs> 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 and I, I read this actually was yesterday april fool's it was. It was yeah. Maybe that was it. But anyway, it says it on there that <laughs> James Cagney was originally approached. And they they had to wait three years, and I think it would have been a majorly weird film.
2: Weird film, yeah. If they had
0: uh, James Cagney as Robin uh, Hood.
2: Yeah, James Cagney was was signed to Warner Brothers, wasn't he? So I mean, that's it's, a, it's quite a good possibility. Yeah. And he was he originally was from Vaudeville, so really he was a, a song dance yeah. entertainer. Yeah, well, ended up playing uh, Yankee Doodle. Great Yankee Doodle. Yeah. Oh yeah, was, yeah Yankee Doodle.
0: That. Oh <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's, that's Excellent. Yeah, but uh, I just what I found I was just I just found that that was actually really really. Um, interesting. Oh, interesting. What do you think about the Robin and Mariam relationship in this film? Uh,
2: well, oh. <laughs> I... <laughs> we discussed this earlier, haven't we, Joe? Yeah,
1: <laughs> after that wonderful piece of music, I mean, it's romantic and it's gorgeous and it, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and I don't think Olivia de Havilland was ever any more sweet than she was in that.
2: Do you <clears throat> think there's any, any chemistry, like maybe, possibly, and they had a bit of a Is crush it, on each other anyway?
1: Th- were those the rumours on set?
2: Uh, there was talk about it. <laughs> well, I think I think the Hollywood Greats, a series by Barry Norman. Um, she's talking, and Barry Norman actually asked and said, "You know, did you?" And she said, "Yes, I would have. I would have married him in an instant." But I think he was married to somebody called Lily Demeter at the time. But uh, well, yeah, and, and the thing is, they
0: did they did go on to make like eight films eight together. Films
2: together, sure.
0: So it's and we and apparently they the, this this was I Elizabeth think... and Essex. I think was was probably a year after. But yeah, well, that is, and also it's, the film's a bit of, it kind of defines the whole swashbuckler thing.
2: Yes, that, that it, it does indeed, yeah, and we'll be coming back to that sort of uh, tack later. Yeah. But, no pun intended, swashbuckler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, I don't know, what... Um,
1: well, there are, I mean, it's an influence on loads of films afterwards, isn't it? Sure. I mean, Star Wars. Anything like that that's got that sort of adventurous feel to it where your characters are clear and you want to see the good guy fight through as many bad guys as he needs to sort of win the day. Mm. There's, a, there's a Princess Leia character there. It, it's all, you yeah. know, it, it, it keeps repeating itself throughout yeah. the history of Hollywood. Yep.
2: There's quite an interesting fact back to Olivia de Havilland. Um, she was asked to play the lead in The Seahawk, a 1940 Errol Flynn film, probably yeah. one of my favourite Errol Flynn films. Yeah. And um, she'd just done Gone with the Wind in '39. And she wanted meteor roles, and she said she doesn't really want to be the love interest anymore. So, mm. wow. yeah, it's quite interesting.
0: And another thing I found quite weird about this film is, well, because Errol Flynn, obviously, he plays Robin Hood. I always just assumed that he was like your archetypal British gentleman. Turns out like the guy's Australian. Australian, Tasmanian, I think. <laughs> yeah. Tasmania, I mean, It's like. It's like, oh, sure, no, I mean, I love cinema and everything like that, but sometimes it just lies to you.
1: Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> it hurts, yeah. doesn't it? It, does.
0: it It really, really does hurt. It really does hurt. Especially seen as also the most recent incarnation of Robin Hood on the screen has also been an Australian. Mm. Australian, yeah. Yeah, that was Russell Crowe, which yeah. is I think is, is a bit like what you were saying, Joe, about trying to go as far away from yeah. the green tights and sure. the hat different. thing. Completely yeah.
1: different. Although the the Disney version, the animated version, they kept virtually the same outfits. Yeah, it was essentially... Er- <laughs> just animated them <laughs> them in animals.
0: It was essentially Errol F- Flynn as a fox. Actually, yeah. As a fox, it yeah. was.
1: <laughs> uh, la- I think last week I said the, the best thing about Dustin Hoffman movies was Dustin Hoffman. Uh, the best thing about this... the be- My favourite three things about Errol, this Errol Finn, Flynn film is uh, Claude Rains, Olivia de Havilland, and Korngold, the composer. Oh, Korngold. So, Errol Flynn's missing... Uh, is that bad? It's, should, it's, should I?
2: For, for me, I mean, Errol Flynn was a little bit of my my um, idol. So because uh, all the films used to, oh, I, I'd watch them all on Sunday TV, Sunday matinee TV. Did
0: you grow a moustache like him?
2: I didn't. I tried, but <laughs> uh, and I used to put one on with a bit of pencil. But, um...
0: <laughs> all right, um, cool. So that's uh, our choice, our choice. And um, Joe, okay, mm-hmm. every week what's going to be happening is Joe's going to be coming up with something related to film, being an actor or film or something like that. And he's going to give a couple of clues as the show goes along. And the whole idea is to try and guess it before he gives his final clue before the end of the show. So, Joe, would you like to give us your first clue today?
1: Okay, right. Uh, This cinema legend, and I don't say that lightly, uh, well, with the exception of 1995 and 2006, has appeared in at least one movie every year since 1948. Wow. That's quite mm. something, isn't it? So with the exceptions of two years, which was ninety five and two thousand and six. Apart from those two years, he has appeared in at least one movie every year since nineteen forty eight.
0: Okay, now that has really got my that's, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's got my brain taken mm. over, man. This is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. All right, cool. We will continue with that with the next clue coming up um after this, which is going to be uh, like every week the whole idea is I'm gonna come into the um hospital and i want to hear your stories i want to hear your stories about your films okay we've just said Robert, adventures of robin hood brilliant film we want to hear the films of your lifetime the films that you actually watch and you think this is great once again the norovirus has kept us out of the hospitals but we're hoping that it's going to clear off sooner we're going to be able to get in there and i have a gentleman here called Andy you who's just actually recently had um uh, just had a knee operation in the hospital he managed to avoid the virus and get out of there but he here's he he's talking about his favorite movie or film that he loves and it was the italian job uh, this is andy talking about the italian job
3: you know i just remember seeing it um definitely in the cinema and i just thought at the time it was just so incredibly active loads of action good characters great car chases um, just a really good film, and loving cars and little minis. I think the whole um, escapade of what they were doing, preparing them for the job, and then the incredible action scenes were just brilliant. There were, you know, you see car chases and car chases, but I think that one. Even now, if you ask people what car chases do they remember in films, there's probably, you know, that will be one of the ones that most people who don't even like Michael Caine or don't even particularly like cars will say oh yeah Italian job Um, and I think where they've revised it again a few years back with the minis is it opened up to a whole new line of people who perhaps may even now watch the original when it comes on TVs and things like that. I think it was a really good film for the time of you know of my life I really enjoyed it and one I've always remembered even now you know these many years later. So, yeah, that was Annie talking about the Italian
0: job. And after talking about the Italian job, you know, there is one song. There's only one song that we are almost legally obliged to play. Oh man, uh, guys, the Italian
2: job. <laughs> yeah, um, good tune, good tune. Um, I think that plays when Noel Coward actually is. Uh, then it, it starts off in the prison, and oh, yeah? they march to it. And um, I think I was reading somewhere that they had to do because Noel Coward was really ill. Mm. They had to do that actual shoot when small steps because he could only go a certain amount of time. Um, but yeah, I mean. Oh I was, yeah,
0: that's that's a bit at the end after they've after they done after the, the heist. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's that's He's walking it, yeah. through the walking through the prison and everyone is sort of like applauding. That's like,
2: the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I the start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I was listening really, really carefully to try and hear Michael Caine because apparently he's in the song there. Singing. Yeah, yeah, he is. I couldn't make him out; they all sounded the same. But. <laughs>
0: yeah, because that's the thing. I was trying to I was trying to find this song based on who actually sung it or who, actually, mm-hmm. but apparently it's just members of the crew that they got in there. Yeah. So it's Michael Caine and a whole bunch of guys on the crew. Who are all in there singing there's no particular like lead singer or anything like that no. and it came about because quincy jones this now this surprised me quincy jones actually produced the soundtrack for the film like quincy jones the great sort of like motown producer, producer. You sure and he got he got he fell in love with cockney rhyming slang and nah. had like all these sort of he had all these songs from the east end in london and he wanted to do something that sounded like that and so he he came up with this, and he just shoved all the guys in the studio and went, like, sing this beat, So it's like a whole bunch of guys just yeah. going, this is the South Preservation <laughs> Society. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's not
1: even the title of the song. I know, it isn't. <laughs>
0: I don't even know what the title of the song is. It's
1: called Get a Bloomin' Move On. Oh, yeah, I did
0: know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, um, guys, I mean, um, uh the um Andy who who we interviewed there was talking about just
2: the, about the film and about the action and about the car chases. What about it? What do you guys say? Um, yeah, this is I uh, I've only actually seen the Italian job, the original town job um a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it it's a great a great yeah, it's great British movie. I it?
1: guess it's a, yeah, there's a lot of energy in it.
2: A lot of energy, yeah. Um and and the minis, I think um I think Fiat um, offered to give all the cars, but uh, the, I think the producers just wanted. They've got to keep it British. Keep it British, yeah. So the minis. Um and I
1: don't think they even got all the minis free. They got a few free. Yeah, they, only they got, got a few to free. Buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they to buy the rest.
0: Because I, mean, I think it's actually quite funny. Because the the with with this film, it's it's one of those ones that I look at that. It seems like it's very obviously trying to be a British film and not an American one. For sure. It's, and. A, I,
2: I don't think it did very well in America either. No, I,
1: think I don't it was... think it did. I think it was nominated for um, Golden Globe for Best English Language Foreign best. Film. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but, <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but it didn't best win that English and, language. and wasn't oh, very Governor, successful. governor. <laughs> best,
0: so uh best film from England. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: like, well, the whole the whole cliffhanger ending was designed for a sequel and because it wasn't very successful uh, over in the States, it uh, it didn't get one.
0: But you see, I actually think it's better without a sequel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think
0: it's better without the whole sort of like doing the, doing my my best worst Michael Caine impression of like, Hang on, lads, poor idea. idea. I just like <laughs> well, wait. You want to talk about like you know famous last words or classic <clears throat> last word last lines in movies? That has got to be one of those ones for you, sure.
1: Well. <clears throat> a film full of famous lines you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off yeah um, come on you got do, it. do like Michael, Michael Caine Cain. you've got to do it like Michael Caine I'll leave that to, to Sean. Sure, <laughs> <sure. So> <laughs> yeah. uh, I would
2: give that do you, want, do you want me to give it a go yeah, I probably won't yeah, be it, able to do well. a very good rendition <clears throat> but, give it a go it's not about good it's about trying right, right, you're only supposed to blow the doors off no <laughs> that sounded, <laughs> didn't sound right at all did it I was like nuts no 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 problem I, I, you could probably give a nice cane impression I don't know It's like You're
0: only supposed to blow The bloody doors off
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I went Australian It was, was Flynn all yeah, over yeah, again yeah. Mate. That's what it is Yeah <laughs> Put another
0: shrimp on your <laughs> <mouth>. <laughs> Yeah oh, Okay but it's, uh, So um, But it, also The film seems to have This whole idea of Because you have the was Manuel Coward's name Mr. Bridger or something Mr. like Bridger, that? Mr. Bridger, yeah. Yeah, and they uh, had this whole thing where the whole point of the heist seems to be to get one over the Italians mm. and to show that, hey, we are England, we are better than you. And there seems to be this thing running through the whole film of Britain is great.
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, I suppose, if you think about it, we'd, I mean, bef- in the World Cup, the Football World Cup in 66, I guess we'd just won the World Cup. Mm. Um, Brazil won it in 1970, and as this was 69, perhaps... Um, that was, you know, to get
0: there. <laughs> because, because of an England-Italy England, uh, football match is kind of central to but, the whole thing.
2: But, yeah, I don't know if England played um, Italy in 1970, but, um, it was, <laughs> but it might be a possibility. I can't remember. I'm sure someone, someone would know that.
1: You say it's a you know, very British, British film mm-hmm. in British culture. I mean, t- uh, the 2012 London Olympics, they actually had a replica of the bus balanced on the edge of a roof in London. Oh, God. I mean, so even, even now, you know, it's still... It's, it's
0: still, still being referenced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. talking about it still being referenced today, have you seen the remake that was made? Of I, the, of the, what do you think? I have seen the remake. Um, the, uh,
1: Marky Mark one, the yeah, yeah the Mark one. Yeah, Mark yeah.
0: Wahlberg, Jason yeah. Statham, Charlize Theron.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I saw it, but I'd actually just forgotten that I'd seen it. <laughs> what does that say?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's memorable in any way, really. Uh, it's okay, but it's well, it's just not a memorable film like like the Italian Job, the '69 one.
0: Yeah, like a friend of mine, he he says it's a good film. It's a he says it's actually a really good film. They just should not have called it the Italian no, Job, no, yeah, because yeah, yep. they they kind of made a rod for their own back by doing that. Yeah, they they're, because they you essentially immediately you say that you're trying to compare yourself to Michael Caine mm-hmm. and Noel Coward and busting the edge of the cliff and self preservation society. Just make a good film and say it has minis in it as a tribute. But yay! Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it was. Um, was it voted? What? What was it voted? Uh, they had a poll, I think, of a uh, thousand films, film fans, and mm-hmm. um, I think it came. Joe could probably tell you that.
1: Uh, I think it was the 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 um the quote that we said the the blow the bloody doors offline. I think uh-huh. that was the the, the favorite one-liner mm-hmm. from a film mm-hmm. a few days back. also there's a film I haven't seen but an official Bollywood remake of it. (laughs) 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 From... Seriously, called um, called players. So there's a there's a there's an
0: Indian there's an Indian cinema remake of the Italian job. An
1: official Bollywood remake. Oh man, I have to see the Self Preservation Society done Bollywood. We need to find that. We need to find that.
0: I would actually, I would pay to watch (laughs) that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I want to know which. Maybe they have this sort of like tiny Tata cars or something like that oh that would be so cool little yeah wow. it's like the 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 indian version of the italian job trying to do for the indian car industry <laughs> what what the italian job did for the english That's car industry.
1: industry surely they should have just called it the indian job
0: the
2: indian mm. job mm. Mm. yeah i don't know how that translates into um how that would translate into um hindi or or, <laughs> or, or or so <laughs>
0: no, 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 yeah, that would have been that would have been great. So, okay, guys, favorite shot from the Italian Job? What is it? Like, if you think about the film, which shot do you think that like, stays in your mind the most?
1: Um, for me, it's the final shot.
0: I think it
2: has to. It's be. Got to be, isn't okay. it? Okay, thanks. Oh, yeah.
0: Sorry. Oh, 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 for me, it's actually it's it's a bit of that. that crazy car chase that they had. Like Andy was talking about the car chases as being one of the, like you no know, greatest car chases in the world and all that. And it had to be for me the 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 car chase. There's the bit where they're in the sewer, and they have and have like the car sort of like swishing back and forth oh, as they're going like almost half sh- piping down the yeah. sewer, and that shot just stays with me because I'm just kind of I'm just seeing this as a kid and going, whoa, yeah. they're driving a car through a sewer, and yeah, yeah. I still harbour a desire to drive a car through a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have a desire. So to it do can that. be arranged. It's,
2: <laughs> was um was was it filmed in Turin? <clears throat> Is it Turin? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Turin. Um. And um, I think they actually drove through the streets. and if you look at some of the, the passers by or some of the bystanders, they're actually really, really surprised because they didn't really know what was going on. I think <laughs> like,
0: What's that tiny weird car doing just bumming yeah. around?? And Whoa, just, and I think it's also one of the craziest car chases because the geography of the car chase makes no sense. Because they're in the sewers, and then at one point they end up on the ceiling of a of a building, and then they jump from one building onto another yeah. building. It's fun, isn't it? I it don't is think fun. I it is fun. And, but and then they, they end up on a racetrack, track, which is actually
2: the Ferrari test track. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, ah! <laughs> what's, what's going on? I don't think Michael Kane actually drives oh. in the movie, does he? No, I they, think you, you don't really see him drive.
0: Yeah, they probably. The, I think those will be all stunned drivers. Yeah. Actually, I think actually his character doesn't drive. No, no, no. His character is just a passenger with someone he's else is passenger. driving. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I think, oh, oh, I think yeah. that's a fact. Yeah, <sighs> but same. He doesn't actually drive a mini. Oh, cool. So he's the passenger. We've just knocked him down a peg or two. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that, Michael. Can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. So, any last words on the Italian job?
1: Uh, it's 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 a classic. Yeah, it's a good entertaining it's, movie. It's, it's a classic, for, rem- remembered for the right reasons, I suppose. It's it's fun. It's energetic. Um, and
2: there's a few stock British stars in there, I think.
1: Yeah, and even Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Benny yeah. Hill. I
0: forgot about <laughs> Benny Hill. Yeah.
1: But, How uh, can you forget it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's it's one of his few if you could call it a straight acting role yeah yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, a it's, film with no coward I, I,
2: I think acting he's, straight you might better tell me Joe is yeah. he the toy maker is Benny Hill the toy maker in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang ooh
0: we're gonna have to check that that's, we're, gonna have, to check we're gonna have to check that okay yeah okay. so you we'll know, be guys one of the other things that we're going to do is we want to find out about the first time people went to the cinema like in a bygone era what it's actually like and asking people about what their first time in the cinema was was like like um do you guys remember what was the first film was just tell me the first film not actually well, for, for me the yeah. first
2: film well the first film I really remember seeing was um, I was at Padstow in Cornwall on holiday it was raining mm-hmm. I was really young and I went to see a film called which I think is a fabulous film The Warlord starring Charlton Heston All right. it was about the same time as Al said. terrific movie Norman Warlord Frisian Raiders just absolutely terrific and if everyone gets a chance to check that or anyone knows about it Terrific movie.
1: Okay, Joe. Uh, this is uh, a matter of confusion. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. The first film I really remember seeing, I think, was probably the Jungle Book. Ooh. Not not the first time around. It had been brought back to the cinemas um, for like a, a children's screening or something. I think it was probably the Jungle Book.
0: Ah. Cool. Okay, good thing that yeah, that's actually an animated movie because we're going to be going on to mm. listeners first, first from the here members. But before we do that, you want to give us your second clue?
1: Ah, yes. Okay, so uh, recap the first one. With the exception of 95 and 2006, appeared in at least one movie every year since 1948. So prolific. Uh, the second clue is he uh, holds the record for the actor with the most profitable movies of all time. Hmm. So, all the films he's been in, hmm. the amount of money that they've made uh, is more than any other actor in the entire film. In the history. Really in oh. the history of I think
2: Okay. I like might, yeah. Okay, so okay. we'll
0: keep bear that in mind. And now we're just going to go on to uh, listeners' first time at the cinema, his recollections of it.
4: I was born in 1931 and lived in a, a very small village in Norfolk about six miles away from Sandringham. Um, And uh, every other Sunday in the afternoon or the evening, we used to go to the village hall, which was a tin shack. And we may or may not see a Charlie Chaplin or a Keystone Cops or or one of those movies, you see. And uh, great excitement, you know, and of course, in later life, I realized that you know the, the something had got caught in the gate, and you could see the b- blisters moving all over the film and uh, But I knew that there was in King's Lynn, which is about seven miles away, there was of course um, a cinema, the Ritz anyway um I knew that. Gulliver's Travels, the cartoon, one of the Disney cartoons, was on at the Ritz. And, uh, it was Saturday. And, we always had kippers for tea on Saturday. But I couldn't get in having my kipper and the slice of crusty bread, you know. These are kippers from the coast at Cromer. And, uh, A deal was struck, we'll keep your kipper and you can go to the the movies and your mother will take you on the bus. And off we went and there was, I'd never been in a cinema before, but I used to sit in the car occasionally and listen to all the kids on on the Saturday morning show you know, all cheering and booing and everything else. I thought, oh, why why can't I do that? Never did find out. Anyway, it, the film was Gulliver's Travels. I was absolutely enchanted with this film. Never seen anything. It was in colour for a start. Never seen a colour film ever. Sound was wonderful. I sat there absolutely entranced, you know and uh, we'd seen the late afternoon show and i said to my mother can we sit here and see it again she said uh, all right so we saw it twice by that time of course i'd lost my kipper <laughs> my father had eaten it and um so it was just wonderful experience to see this and I never went back to the the tin shack in the so-called village hall in Grimston. You know, it couldn't cope with that, you know, compete with that. Oh, well, what a rainy day? Never mind that cloud, behind that cloud you'll find
3: the golden rain.
4: Oh, well, bless your for <laughs>
0: Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to turn the mic off. Anyway, yeah, so that was from Gulliver's Travels, and we had Oswell, um, followed by, well, two versions of Oswell appear in the movie, followed by What a Hap Hap Happy Day. Um, made in 1939. Now, this is something that shocked me because I saw this film as I was a kid, and I was shocked at how old this film is because I don't think it looks it. I, I really don't think it looks it. I'm not sure. Have you guys seen the film?
1: I I have seen it, yeah. yeah. It's got that uh, that um rotoscope effect does not it on on the main going gulliver which i've always thought was kind of creepy yeah
0: but, yeah, but, yeah but it, because because gulliver looks very different to the little <clears throat> Putians. i think
1: that was a, a stylistic choice i think they, it was, they, did, yeah. they deliberately did that to yeah. to sort of separate them
0: yeah
1: um but it certainly doesn't seem like 1939 was it yeah no. um no it, it doesn't
2: yeah there's um i think originally um i i think they tried tried to make a full length feature film Flyshare, and um they uh they couldn't get the funding but then on the success of snow white and the seven daughter yeah. disney studios they like bang they, yeah because
0: they... this was this was only the second, second. ever animated full mm-hmm. length movie sure. that was that was ever released in cinemas and it was because of snow white and snow they white. thought we want some money as well so yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think th- i mean i think originally the idea was to use popeye as as, as gulliver as well yeah yep.
0: yeah yeah because the the fletcher well max Fleischer who who was the producer and Dave Fleischer? Who was the director? They were the guys who made the the original Popeye cartoons
1: mm. and Betty Boop.
0: Yeah, the Popeye. Be- yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: and Betty Boop cartoons. Ain't she so. cute?
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think originally when they when they were going to make that, they were thinking, oh yeah, we'll just put Popeye in and Popeye. make Popeye Gulliver. Yeah, and that would have that. talk about like you know we talked about James Cagney being yeah. Robin, Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, Popeye as Gulliver would have been was, a uh, very different.
1: They'd have to hide the spinach. Though, wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> they
0: wouldn't have. They wouldn't have stood a chance. But the thing is, I remember, uh, but I remember seeing this and like that song, "All's Well," was oh. a song that I knew in my childhood and everything, and I just thought it was like. A 70s cartoon because as you were saying the rotoscoping thing which i think i actually think it was i think this film was like way ahead of its time yeah. because what they did is they filmed the main guy who played gulliver who did the voice they filmed him acting out everything and then they went back frame by frame and they drew they essentially traced him which is more or less the same the same um technique that's used nowadays for motion capture yeah mm-hmm. Andy
1: circus has made a career out of that sure. i know yeah. i mean you
0: talk about avatar like the highest grossing movie ever yeah. was essentially using an updated technique from
2: 1939
0: yeah <laughs> i mean, it's like, <laughs> yep. I just i just think it's oh i find it well
2: oh, yeah, i just i just find it really really interesting and there's this- been a couple of remakes i think there was one with, oh. with richard harris and then the the latest one with jack black oh, ted good danson
1: look. was in there along the
2: way <laughs> oh, oh right. okay. yeah
0: I, I think this is this is a it's it has been done. what were you going to say about the remakes
2: um yeah um i don't think the remakes have, have, have quite got the magical quality of um uh, you, you know this original um full-length feature cartoon and yeah. i i could really imagine in the days if like like our l- listener was or sorry what was his name Mike, 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 like Mike yeah. Mike was saying it must have just been whoa yeah. just like uh, magical magical experience
1: well it's a story that lends itself to you know being discovered on a big screen in, in a film once you know the story though yeah and I you've got to really work hard to make it interesting and all the remakes have, have failed I think. yeah yeah I
0: think oh so. yeah I, I think we've actually had the the law of diminution returns I think yeah, uh, each yeah. each new version it seems to be progressively worse than the yeah. last one yeah, I mean the Jack Black one. I can't stand. No, no, the <laughs> Jack Black one's not so good. <laughs> it? I, I can't stand. I mean the Ted Danson one. I actually have some time for because that was originally a TV miniseries, mm-hmm. and that that one I was like, oh, that's actually quite good because it goes through like the whole Gulliver story, like where he goes to the little and to the place where he's the
1: small one. It yeah. seemed
0: to, the to place. take
1: seriously, didn't it? It seemed to give um, like yeah, the story Yeah, I've, just I've just not a seen bit. that one actually. I must, yeah,
0: I must no, be honest, yeah. I think out of all, of, I haven't seen the 1977 Richard Harris one. No, but I mean, out of all of them, I think um, the Ted Danson one is actually really? it's probably the one that comes out the best I'll have to check that one yeah but um but not as good as not as good as the 1939 no. original no. not as good as this one and there are just a couple of things that uh, I absolutely love about this film there's this scene that for some reason makes me think of Jaws <laughs> it's a bit where they because they have this one character called Gabby who um, end, ended up getting his own spin-off series and he's the one who finds Gulliver he's the one who's singing that song with the all's well mm-hmm. what a rainy day And he's singing that on his way to the beach where he trips over Gulliver's hand. And there's this sequence where he's like, he looks at the hand and thinks, what is this thing? And he counts the number of fingers he has and counts the number of fingers and realizes he's standing on the hand. So he goes back to the town, brings everybody out with him. And he's like, there's a giant on the beach. There's a giant on the beach. (laughs) And there's this bit where they all all stand in there and they're like, where is this giant? Oh, we can't see this giant. And then they're all like making fun of him and saying that he saw a giant. And then there's an old man with a hearing aid, like with one of these oh, ear horns. Yeah. And then he just sort of like starts and it's a bit like you know the bit in Jurassic Park where you have the doop you have the puddle. Yeah. He just sort of he starts bumping up and down. Yeah. Then he puts it down on the ground and listens and starts hearing this doop doop. Then he realizes he's standing on a button and they actually all stood on Gulliver's chest. <laughs> and it's just such a brilliantly realized sequence mm-hmm. that I'm like it's a bit like, you know, Jaws, where you never see the shark until a certain point and all of a sudden you see it. Or like even that, yeah, Jurassic Park, where you just see that indication that there's something yeah, big something coming. coming. Something's
1: up. No, the characters don't know about it, but you're watching it for a reason. Yeah. And then you find out what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. It's, uh, and, and I think anybody who's a big fan of physics, anybody who's a big fan of physics would probably like this one because they come up with a very... It's almost like a manual of if you find a giant <laughs> on a beach, how do you transport him to your town? No. And they do all these things that actually make sense. Like, oh yeah, you'd have a pulley there. There's this sequence where they have like a tunnel underneath Gulliver, and so these these two little persons, they run, they tie ropes around themselves, run over him, then run underneath the tunnel underneath him, and then they tie it around on the other side. It it's a brilliant, brilliant sequence. I I I, I love this film. I, I think. But anyway, I I am going to stop talking. And also, one more thing. This is probably the only film that has both Popeye and Goofy in it. Ah, yes. Yes, the guy who did the voice for Popeye, um, he voices the King of Lilliput. and he sounds. It's quite weird because you know Popeye is also like yeah, go off, and all that. Yeah. But this one, he just sort of like makes it a, almost a bit wimpy, and it and it's the king is. The king is just so, like such a wet blanket in this film. And the, and, uh, the guy who was actually singing the Oswald song is the guy who, does the, who did the
2: original voice for Goofy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Popeye.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, cool. Joe, do you want to give us the third clue?
1: Right, yeah, okay. Um, so we know that he makes uh, lots of films, one virtually every year since 1948, bar two years. Uh, most profitable movie actor ever. And uh, actually, linking back to the Errol Flynn thing at the start, this particular screen legend actually suffered a permanent hand injury thanks to a drunken Errol Flynn (laughs) uh, who was having a sword fight with this screen legend in the film called The Dark Avenger. And he continued filming despite a drunken Errol Flynn slicing up his hand. So, who's brave enough to square, square up to a drunken Errol Flynn? And who's, who's been around that long?
0: Yeah, I Also, think who's been around that long? I mean, I would, yeah,
1: it's good, isn't it? It's
0: it good th- this, is, this is a good word, man. Because for a second, I was thinking, okay, it can be a real person. Hmm. It maybe it's like a muppet, hmm. uh, so, like the, a muppet. Yeah, that could, that, he could, They could have been around that long. All right, so that's the third clue. All right, another thing we're going to be doing is um, each week we're going to talk about the exception to the rule. So we the show is called "They Don't Make Make Him Like They Used to." We are saying that films were better way back when, uh, but every now and then a film comes out that makes you think, Hang on a second, this is just as good as a uh, Robin Hood, or I wouldn't I wouldn't mind having this beside the Robin Hood on my on my um, on my shelf. So. Today we have Exception to the Rule with
2: Sean. So, Sean, tell us, what is today's
0: Exception to the Rule?
2: Today's Exception to the Rule is Master and Commander. Ah. Uh, So, um, obviously, we were talking about Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn made lots of swashbucklers. Captain Blood, The Seahawk, um, the Tyrone Power films, The Black Swan. Great rip-roaring stuff. Um, And I think uh, sort of swashbuckling pirate films from grace and then they tried again with was it um what's that big flop oh, cutthroat island
1: I, i'm not i, I actually love cutthroat. you cut yeah a yeah weird, okay weird person yeah <laughs> I, well I, I like that film as well yeah yeah well <laughs> so, perhaps you it, it bombed gone,
2: it made no money but no, I like made it. No money. It, it is yeah. well
1: known as a terrible <laughs> failure yeah, yeah
2: um yeah it's okay cutthroat island is okay but um i just think that for me master and commander has got it all it's got the the rip raw in action and um i'm most people that have seen it, that I've spoken to, and um, we've talked about it, have just said, uh, great movie, great uh, great action movie. How about yourself, Joe? What, what's your opinion on it?
1: If, if ever a, a film of, of class and quality deserved to be made into a series, it would be the Master Commander books. They deserve to be turned into a, a series of films. There and is... and, and why, why not? I mean, the film was fantastic. Peter Weir, what a wonderful, what a great, wonderful yeah. director. What I think a legend. Hang him, rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, <laughs> we could go for the it. Truman Show. <laughs>
2: but but an interesting fact, an interesting fact about um, Master and Commander is is in the film the Acheron, is a French ship, and yet actually in the book it's an American sloop. It's yeah, an American yeah. ship. Um, yeah. But obviously with Hollywood they couldn't, <laughs> couldn't have one of their. Like, so where it's money.
0: like it's like okay hi okay um it's I think let's say it was paramount paramount we want you to give us money to about a group of English people walking around destroying Americans uh, let's let's just make this clear the Americans are the
1: bad guys here. <laughs> <laughs> now now please lend us the money to now, now to please make. give us the money, to, money to make like this film, yeah.
0: film. I think it was actually quite an expensive film to make because yeah. obviously you're, you're filming this ma- these massive sea battles you have to like the water once you have water in anything like that you're trying to film Mm. anything on water Mm. it just becomes stupidly expensive to make and so it was quite an expensive film to make which is probably the it's part of the reason why there hasn't been a second one Mm -hmm. because they were they were planning to i mean it still wasn't a failure this film made about a hundred million dollars more than it cost to make at the at the box office but they said Sorry, yeah, sure enough, you made a hundred million more, but we spent about two hundred million on it, so it's not enough for us to make another film. Which is a
1: terrible, terrible shame. Yeah, I
0: know quality. Uh, I, I know because it's like as you were saying about as you're saying, Sean, about the the film, just having this old school quality. It's like even when you're watching the film, you have this feeling like, hang on a second, these people. They're not concerned with blowing the next thing up. <laughs> they're not. They're concerned with letting us experience a world, yeah, telling on.
1: a story and telling it well. Yeah. Yeah. Simple stuff. Yeah. And
2: I, I think whoever made it must have done a lot of research. Joel, but, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I was I was watching it with an old old boy, and mm-hmm. he said, "Oh, they're they're put out the royals now." And I thought, "Royals? What are royals?" And it's like extra flags that comes up, and he goes, "Put out the royals!" Mm-hmm. As soon as he would said as it. As soon as he said it. Uh, but it was a bit dangerous because it could actually. Break the masts of the ship. If um, yeah. on some occasions, if take in the royals,
1: t- take in the royals. Yeah, <laughs> quick, and bring and, the royals down. And, like, and, cracking he, he came <laughs> up with that idea? I,
2: I think there's a scene where they actually take the cannons off the wheels so they can <clears throat> elevate or, or elevate the elevate the cannons, and they did do that, but they would only be able to use the cannons once.
0: Yeah, so. it was it was extremely immersed in the world for sure. It was it was totally immersed in the world, and um. Oh, there was a scene in it. I mean, for some reason, there's, some, there's a scene in it that sticks in my mind. Is there a scene in it where they have to amputate the leg of a kid on the? Uh, yeah, on the
2: ship? it's his. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what it Is, is um, they've had a bit of a battle and he's got an injury and they. Yeah, the, uh, who's the chap who plays a surgeon? Famous actor. That's him. that's him. Yeah, that's him, yeah. Um, he does an excellent job there. Um, and I think there's also another bit where they, he actually puts a coin in. Um, someone's got an injury on the head mm-hmm. and he opens the head on the skull when he puts a coin in and um, and taps the coin so yeah yeah
0: but it, it is it is I mean it's just it's just all these little details that they put it's in like, the film yeah. it is just such almost like a lovingly recreated error oh, yeah, for it, sure yeah. yeah and and uh, it's one of those films that I that but well, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's, mm. it's, it's I think it's underrated.
2: Yeah,
1: but it really There's, comes across when you watch it. You feel like you've experienced it. You feel like you've been on a ship. For yeah, I mean, one, yeah. Of, it's great. one
2: of my favourite scenes is actually where they're eating and it, it goes. Um, it's, they're looking at the uh, weevils in the bread and yeah. um, they play that trick on the doctor with something like, um, "Oh yeah, but the, the lesser of the two weevils or something." That's <laughs> just like that's a great scene, and they all laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. But is, uh, I do love swashbucklers. I think I, I think that there are certain type of movies when you when you talk about swashbucklers, that you don't. There's something they give you that mm. you don't get from other kinds of films, sure. like being at sea and the swords and the muskets and all that kind of stuff. And that, well, that's why when Cutthroat Island came out, I loved that. I thought, oh, let's have more of this. And it just seems to be like, no, failure. Mm. Then, well, and, and I think the only the one that's kind of brought it back has been Pirates of the Caribbean. That's brought the swashbuckler, swashbuckler. back. But, a certain type of swashbuckler, mm, yeah. <laughs> not not quite, not
2: quite. I I think the first one was was really good, but I think they've gradually. Obviously, a personal opinion, but obviously mm. they've gradually. No, 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 that, that's actually silly. scientific fact. <laughs> it's, <laughs> been <you>. <laughs> it's been proven. It's been
0: proven. Okay, cool. So from Bassa and Commander, we have this, which the original title is La Boccherini La Musica Notturna delle. Wow! By Boccherini. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yes, played played by um, played by Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany right at the end of the film. Again, That was La Boccherini, La Musica Notatuna delle <laughs> from the Masters and Commander, Master and Commander Far Side of the World soundtrack. Um, right, Joe, we're running out of time here. Do you have time for your fourth clue?
1: Okay, fourth and final clue. Yeah. Uh, I shan't go through the others. Um, okay, uh, this particular god of cinema uh, has also had quite a successful music career. When I say successful, you may not have heard a lot of what he's done, but he's done a lot of it. Um, he released a single back in 2000, sorry, a solo album back in 2006 called Revelation, uh, where he sang uh, Little Drummer Boy, Silent Night, My Way, classics like that. And he released, uh, get this, a symphonic metal concept album, which is pretty pretty hardcore rock. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's some serious stuff. Uh, that was in 2010. Um, which he performed uh, as the guise of the Roman emperor. I mean, that—that that is, I mean, and this is the guy that actually fought Errol Flynn back on. Uh, okay,
0: okay. Camp. I, I, I have a crazy, crazy suggestion. I have, suggestion cra- I have about two crazy suggestions. I have a crazy suggestion that I think it might be, yeah. and. I think I'm wrong, but I'll be surprised. Okay, so Sean, you want to go first? us?
2: Um, yeah, I'm gonna have a. I thought of two, but this last clue, I'm gonna take a gamble and say Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Anthony
0: Hopkins. I was gonna go. I was gonna go with William Shatner. William Shatner. I was gonna go with William Shatner. And
2: which... I, I was thinking when you said earlier, <laughs> Christopher Lee maybe, because <laughs> uh, he's been so, a lot
0: of films. I'm thinking William Shatner, which I think would be crazy, but I'm thinking he possibly is
2: old enough. Mm. Uh, but I think, I don't know, but when you talk about the hand clue, the hand
1: injury. I put it back some years, doesn't it? Oh,
2: right, yeah. I'm just thinking, um, because Anthony Hopkins was in a few of those David Lean movies, and then he, we got The Silence of the Lambs, and then, um I'm not sure, he must have been in some early stuff, because he's quite old. And also, I think with the singing, is he's Welsh, so it could have been Richard Burton, but Richard Burton would have died, so. Mm. Uh, um, and well, it this was the song Screen and...
1: Legend, if it helps, is still alive.
2: Is he still alive? Yeah. So it's obviously not Anthony Hopkins then. No, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> meant obviously it's not Anthony Hopkins. So okay, a
0: no. All right, cool. Um, I. I'm going to stick with William Shatner. Okay. I, think, I, I think I'm think i wrong, but I think it will be brilliant if it was right. What's
1: your final answer, Sean?
2: I'm going to stick with Anthony Hopkins.
1: Okay, I'm very, very pleased to say that you're both incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> However, Sean did actually get it right with one of his possible suggestions. The answer is Christopher, Christopher <gasps> Lee. Christopher <gasps> Lee. Christopher <gasps> Lee. Yeah. Oh, cool. The world's most highest grossing S- movie actor. So I actually said it. That, yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Star Wars. Star Wars. Every Tim Burton film. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That was yeah. a- so I should
2: have stuck with Christopher Lee then. Okay, okay. It was the singing. His it films have singing. brought
1: in over $4 billion. All
0: right, that is all we have time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week, but hopefully by that time you will be home and well. Until then, toodaloo, and remember that they just don't make them like they used to.